you know, here I was to recap week 11 on the ESPN college football YouTube channel with a great Paul Feinbaum as we do each and every Sunday here on the Matt Berry show. I was getting into Penn State and how James Franklin continues to go 0-2 in his two-game schedule. Is going to get into how Nick Saban has won his 10th SEC West crown or how Georgia should be the number one team in the country or how Ohio State, they look good in the first half, but then they just did nothing in the second half against Michigan State, was going to do all this. And then I wake up after getting home at around 2.30 a.m. to the news that Jimbo Fisher, head coach, Texas A&M, is likely to be fired. The university is going to part ways with him maybe as early as this afternoon, Sunday, the buyout north of $70 million. And Paul Feinbaum, first reported by Texas Ags, by the way. Uh, but by and large, Paul, the Jimbo Fisher uh, not experiment, but the financial drain that has been Jimbo Fisher appears to be done at Texas A&M. Yeah, and uh, we don't know that much right now, but Matt, what we do know is that uh, this is all going down. Uh, I mean, this apparently uh, reached a, a head after last week's loss to, to Ole Miss, and there was a board meeting uh, Thursday. It, it finally got on the agenda, and apparently – uh, the 77 million or whatever the specific number is, was pretty close to that. Somebody said, let's go ahead and do it. And, and uh, as far as timing, uh, we're taping this mid, mid to late morning. Uh, everybody knows what's going on and players are already tweeting. I think they'll go, through, you know how this works. They'll have meetings with the players. Uh, the, 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 right now it's, it's expected to be officially announced sometime late this afternoon. It, it likely could happen earlier. None of that matters. What matters is that Jimbo Fisher is out. He has been on death's doorstep now for about a year and a half. And this was inevitable. And, and a, a lot of our friends in, in the media kept saying, well, it's too much money. The fact that Texas is knocking on the door of a playoff, it, none of that matters. It does matter. Uh, and 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 I, I think this is the absolute right decision for the school. I know the national uh, folks will from academia will say, how can you spend 77 million? The largest buyout, I believe, was Gus Malzahn at 21 million. Yeah, yep. at, at least Gus Malzahn got to a national championship game. Uh, I mean, I'll give him and ironically lost to Jimbo Fisher. Um, but this was not going to work. Uh, Jimbo Fisher did not have the magic that he used to have. And you have to start wondering, and as we put him to bed, is he really, was he really a, a, an outstanding coach or did he live off of Jameis Winston for two years? Yeah. So I want to, there's so many ways to unpack this and, and we're going to do it here on this Sunday morning of just absolutely stunning news candidly, because you're thinking if something like this is going to happen with a head coach, it typically comes after a really, really bad loss. Not a 51 to 10 beat down of Mississippi State, which, by the way, I'd keep an eye on that job coming open. Yeah, now. no, if they hadn't announced uh, the other guy was leaving, uh, yeah, would not have been surprised. Right. And so to, to the timing of this is 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 odd. Um, so I want I want to start here. And you you are right. Jimbo Fisher, a, a really good coach, won a national championship at Florida State. Um and he was always the coveted one. He was always coveted at LSU because of his ties to LSU. He was always a guy that people just really wanted to dare themselves to see if they could get out of Florida State. Well, if they had done some background checks at Florida State, they would have seen that Jimbo Fisher was just unhappy there anyway. He won big there, but he thought Florida State was behind the times and facilities. He didn't like things that were going on locally. So he was a guy that 
may have played hard to get, but was waiting for the right opportunity. Texas A&M comes up with the right opportunity financially. They really believe that they had a guy that could take them to that next level, perhaps of what he did at Florida State. But the ACC is not the SEC. And there was always – this was always all over the place when, when he was at, at Texas A&M. But they always compared him per game with, with Kevin Sumlin. There was always that chart of through this many games with Kevin Sumlin. And when you get down to it, Paul – this was a $75 million disaster because he never did better than Kevin Sumlin. He was right there with Kevin Sumlin. And now 70 plus million dollars later, Texas A&M is no better than they were, what, seven years ago when they hired Jimbo Fisher than they are as we sit here today on November 12th. In fact, I think they're worse off because uh, they, they've really become a, a punchline to a lot of people. Now, the one thing uh, Jimbo Fisher proved you can do at Texas A&M is recruit at an elite level. Yeah, he just he just could never he just could never uh, you know make it happen, and and it, it's just what, what's really going to be interesting. And, and and just trying to I've watched a lot of these as you have, Matt. What this tells me is the fact they're they're firing him now is they want a at least a two week jump on the rest of the field. I believe he's the first coach that's been fired for on the field. Uh, I mean, we all know Mel Tucker got fired and there may have been somebody else for yeah, but, Northwestern came up with Patrick. Yeah, but those were off the field. Right. Um, th what this means is they, they're, they're at, they're already at it. I mean, in other words, they call Jimmy Sexton who represents this uh, Jimbo and, uh, and, and you want to be the first one out and, and this, there will be a domino effect because two weeks from today is doesn't, it's not for most people, but for, you know, the, the Texas A&Ms of the world, that's the end of the regular season. That's right. Uh, the, the ADs want to move in there and they want to, they want to coach by two weeks from tomorrow. Uh, so they can get that. There's a very narrow window. It all, it tells me they've got They've got their eyes on somebody uh, because they, they've, they've been looking around and if they didn't think they could land a, a, a white whale, so to speak, uh, I don't think they would have made this move. You don't. So I, I, I think that there's somebody or somebody, I mean, the, uh, let's get right to it. Everybody wants to know who's next. The, the names that are, when you see names by media, and I know my media friends are going to be upset with me, but I'm going to tell the truth. When you see names being leaked, what does that mean? That means agents, agents. are leaking these names. Th these aren't university officials like, well, yeah, we're looking at these six guys. Right. So what, are, what are the names? Lane Kiffin, where did that come from? Jimmy Sexton. Dan Lanning, where did that come from? Jimmy, I, I mean, we can go right. Mike Elko, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure. I, uh, I know who Mike is representing, Bobby. You probably do, probably Sexton. Um, it doesn't matter, but these are the names that are floating to the top. Yeah, and and – I don't know how much validity. I mean, look, I mean, we may, we may as well go there since this is going to be the the story now for the next two weeks. So you said a couple of things. We went to piece through this little by little. Two weeks. You're right. Next week, there's Thanksgiving weekend. Season ends and there's championship week of the first weekend of December, which, of course, Texas A&M won't be involved. But let's go to a guy like Dan Lanning. He is likely going to be involved right. in championship weekend. And oh, by the way likely going to be in the college football playoff has a shot at the college football playoff. So that's a name that I know a lot of A&M fans will look at because of his tutelage under Kirby smart and what Kirby's been able to do at Georgia. The timing of this is where college football is in trouble. And I've said that for the past couple of years where you've got these coaches that are flirting with a bowl game or a college football playoff 
and they get whisked away by their new AD at their new school. And then you basically did all of this work. You did all of this to get hired by your new school and not finish what you started at your other school. We saw it with Brian Kelly, Notre Dame um, to LSU. And that's essentially what got Marcus Freeman the job is Brian Kelly left them before the season when Notre Dame started a chance at the playoff. And now he's the new head coach at LSU. And so some of these names that are going to be out there, Lane Kiffin, he got beat last night handily by Georgia. He's going to be available because they're not going to be playing in an SEC championship game. The one that just doesn't add up timing wise to me, Paul is the Dan Lanning uh, name, but I think Dan Lanning would probably be a home run by Texas A&M standards because of his age and his connection to the conference. Yeah. And, you know, don't forget Dan uh, was a graduate assistant under Nick Saban. uh, And that's when he made the move over to Georgia with Kirby. So I I do, I think Lanning is the name that moves the needle. Uh, Lane, uh, (laughs) it feels like we're always talking about Lane. I I mean, I I think Lane would take it uh, because Lane, after last night realized he needs five-star linemen. He needs, he, 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 he may have the, the finesse and he, he may have the QB and the wide receivers and the running back. And he's got, he's, he, he knows how to dial up a game plan, but when you can rotate the kind of players that Kirby does uh, it's hard to compete with that. So uh, I, I, I mean, this will be the wild talk, but I mean, it, I, I think there's another narrative. I mean, Elko's a name too. And I don't mean to be rambling here about the boat. This is literally happening as we're speaking. Elko coached out there. He was the first name that people mentioned, you know, Elko better than I do to me. Uh, I, I just think that's a little bit of a, of a, uh, I, I just don't see Elko going to A&M. He, as, as we talked about about two weeks ago, he's a different kind of guy. Yeah, it's a, and look, you have to look at it. Dan Mullen and I talk about this all the time. What kind of job is it? How can you win? Where are you going with this? And Texas A&M fans aren't going to want to hear this. But when you look at the SEC power structure, let's just look at the SEC West, just the West right now, because there's divisions are going away, so this is going to be a moot point. You know, hell with it. Let's move forward into the future. Let's look at the whole conference in totality georgia won in the sec for jobs okay jobs in terms of power rankings one alabama two lsu three you would think at some point tennessee in there at four florida in there at five i would put Texas. Well, you know what? New SEC. Yeah, yeah. I was now, about to say. Uh, yeah, you, now you got, I'm rambling. You got to hit refresh here. Let's let's, let's start that over. Georgia <laughs> one, Alabama two, Texas three, right. Oklahoma four, LSU in there in the top five. That's five. Yeah. And I mean, get into Florida's dormant. Tennessee seven. So now where's A and M? Eight, seven, eight, six, seven, eight. I tell you what, this also did, Matt. Um, this this is there's, there's going to be a domino effect here. A couple of other guys just got fired uh, because if you're at some of these other schools and you're trying to compete in the SEC and you see a guy that who just won by forty points uh, against your school uh, and he got fired on a Sunday. What, what does that say about your guy? Uh, if you're at Arkansas, if you're at Florida, a lot of places where I think there's a lot of soul searching now. And it, you know, back, you know, I think we were talking about A&M, what kind of school it is. 
I, I still believe it can be elite, but it, it has to have the right coach. And Jimbo Fisher was just going to the, the most expensive store on Fifth Avenue and buying the most expensive clothes th and thinking that's going to get you in the, uh, the after party at a Taylor Swift concert. It just doesn't work. Yeah. Uh, I mean, no, I don't care what, your, what, do you, what, what kind of car you drove up in, you're still not getting in. You're, you're dead right. And when Texas A&M now, look, this neat to me, and I've said this for a long time, coaches and agents have held college football hostage now for a decade. What happens every single year? A couple of big jobs come open. Coach X somehow goes eight and four and nine and three at his particular job. They get an extension, and then you hold the school hostage because you got a higher buyout. You got an extension you didn't deserve because you had a decent season. This, to me, with the money that Texas A&M has to dole out to Jimbo Fisher, needs to change the landscape of coaching forever. Because if there's an AD out there dumb enough to get into this kind of contract again, based on the return in your investment, then I, I can't help you. If there's not one person that is sitting here today saying, Jimbo, worth the money. Thanks for everything you did. We'll gladly pay your way out. You made us better than we were before. But that... Uh, and and we, we we could do a whole nother, we could do four hours on this subject, but we'll move on. But, but a quick note, the, right now, the agents are very few. They're very, they're, they're only a handful. They don't only just, they only, they don't only control the head coach. They control the assistant coaches. They control basketball, baseball. So ADs really do get held, held hostage by these guys. And ADs just don't, I mean, ADs also, ADs are avid uh, Twitter followers. They do not like when they get criticized. Uh, so they try to win the day. Uh, I know that sounds like I'm, you know, you know, giving a motivational speech, you know, carpe diem, but, um, but that's what happens. And that's why they end up. And, and with Jimbo, the, you know, in, in defense of Ross Bjork, the AD at, at A&M, he didn't hire Jimbo Fisher. Scott did. Woodward did. And then he left. Well, what happened was the reason Jimbo got this unbelievable extension and buyout is that Scott Woodward was going to hire Jimbo at LSU <laughs> and to replace Ogeron. And AM did not want to lose him. At the, I mean, at the time, Jimbo was, you know, he had that COVID season where, which I don't know whether that's even legitimate anymore, but he, he almost got to the playoffs. He finished fifth in the country. He had a lot of momentum. And then he had the, then he had the recruiting class that set Nick Saban on its ears. And I'm, 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 I'm uh, one last moment. Has Saban ever beaten somebody down more than Jimbo Fisher after all that? And and yet, you know, while Saban's clinching the West uh, and and really silencing critics across the country, Jimbo Fisher is getting fired. I I you're right. We'll move on in a minute with with the Jimbo news. We talk about Jimbo every Sunday here, and that the news we've been waiting for appears to have finally set in that Jimbo Fisher will be fired at Texas A&M. Paul, I'm going to say something so crazy, so outlandish that I that I think that I could make it on some other daily talk shows at the network. We work. <laughs> I, you got a lot of competition. I, <laughs> I don't think Texas A&M needs to star search. I think Texas A&M, instead of trying to get the shiniest toy in the block, why not go look at Lance Leipold? Why not go look at Jeff trailer at UTSA? Why not go look for a coach that, you know what, 
just knows how to coach. Some of these really good, Chris Kleiman's a perfect example. North Dakota State gets hired at Kansas State. Zero frills, zero star power. The guy just knows how to win. Lance Leipold just knows how to win. Uh, yeah, I think he's great. Some Sometimes you just go to coaches and say, yeah, oh, that guy wins football games? Yeah, let, let, let's bring him in. Yeah, I mean, I know Ross pretty well, and uh, you know, I, I don't know who will make this call uh, because uh, at A and M, it's it's always confusing. It's a big place, like Texas. Uh, Ross Bjork will head the search. Uh, you have an interim president out there who is very well respected. He's a retired general. You have a lot of boosters who carry, uh, and and I think it, you know, I'm going to follow the money here because I know that's the oldest axiom in the world. But when you when you tell me who came up with the seventy seven million dollars to buy Jimbo, I'll, I'll tell you who's making the next choice. That that's a whole other conversation. Like the money, this is you mentioned it. Gus Malzahn twenty one something million dollars. Yeah, I mean, that, and that's the biggest ever. Ever this got it by three point whatever yeah. times that, and we're not even counting the assistants. Oh, like no. you get about the that, that, oh, and the new coach. This is a one hundred million dollar mistake for Texas A and M. Easily, you know. So, Dan, look, Dan Mullen and I joke about it all the time. Greatest job in sports is a fired college football coach. Mullen's hanging out there with us, banging around, doing TV, financially doing just fine. Jimbo's going to do that times ten. And, and by the way, the uh, I'll give Jimmy Sexton credit because I think he engineered this by getting Jimbo out after a win. Feelings aren't that bad. I mean, yeah, uh, this is not like uh, the drumbeat today wasn't that hot, that hot for Jimbo Fisher. It would have been in, in a few weeks after the fifth loss. Uh, but he could find a job if he wanted. Uh, I mean, I, I'm not saying a top tier job, but but that that may, that may maybe maybe that's going to lessen the buy buyout. I have no idea how it could lessen it very much. By the way, you would never, ever, ever, ever ever see me again ever no you wouldn't either but but jimbo's a i, I mean he, he he's one of the all-time strange folks that you you will meet in this industry yeah well and, he's a highly paid rich strange yeah, folk that's unemployed i i think he'll i don't see jimbo doing well on you know you know breeding cattle and uh i think he wants to coach that's who he is but by the way i really don't care because it's not like jimbo fisher is ever going to be relevant on this program again no so the jimbo fisher news he is reportedly out at texas a&m could happen as early as this afternoon sunday november 12th that experiment after seven seasons has come to an end this will be fascinating to watch as we move forward and here's my segue to to recap on to recap saturday because i think jimbo really sets a good template for where i want to go i'm going to give you names and I'm going to tell you, you're going to be able to figure out right away where I'm going. Lincoln Riley, James Franklin, <laughs> Jim Harbaugh. Those three coaches, to me today, are the most fascinating in my mind because of what we've been talking about with Jimbo Fisher. Yeah, I mean, two years ago, Lincoln Riley was the talk of the country. Uh, he's overrated, uh, Matt. Let's let's quit sugarcoating it let's 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 blame alex grinch for what happened uh last night he, he's he's a he's a he's a great recruiter he's a great quarterback risk whisperer but i've yet to see how you can take lincoln riley seriously as a top five coach in this country james franklin who parlayed uh every um, uh, imaginable job uh in to into a nearly 100 million dollar deal uh is a good football coach He'll never be an elite football coach, 
he'll never be great because he he just simply can't handle the moment. And instead of going, instead of doing what, what Lane did last night, it's like, screw it. We're going for it on fourth down. I mean, James Franklin, his analytics show always be safe. That way we won't lose by much. That way we'll still finish 10 and two and I'll keep my job. That's it. And I, I mean, you could look on the Twitter and see what I think about Penn State because I'm so tired of the Penn State narrative. I'm so tired of t- Penn State is a top 10 program. James Franklin is 3-17 and 17 against the top 10 since showing up in Happy Valley. They don't play anyone. Texas A&M has a two-game season every single year, and they go 0-2 in their two-game season every year. Otherwise, they're playing West Virginia, Delaware, Illinois, Iowa, Northwestern, UMass, Indiana, Maryland, Rutgers. That's Penn State's schedule. I'm so tired of hearing about Penn State. But James Franklin is one. Lincoln Riley, if not for a two-point conversion at Cal, USC would have lost four in a row. Yeah. With With the defending Heisman Trophy winner, with the team loaded with talent. And I bring up Jim Harbaugh, because honestly, I look, I don't know that that thing's going to end very gracefully for Jim Harbaugh at Michigan. And here's why I say that. Would you want, like, is he that wired differently to where he's going to want to go back to college football after all this? Court injunctions, suspensions, maybe not coaching against Ohio. Like, what? what's his future? Yeah. Matt, I, I, I caught some of your commentary last night about what we saw after the game, and I'll let you uh, be the bad guy here. But, uh, I, I mean, I, I think uh, – I still believe Harbaugh will find a way out of there. I mean, there's only so much fake outrage you can display, uh, and I think we saw uh, a year's worth of it from his his assistant coaches and, and players yesterday. And, I mean – He's a football coach. Yeah, sure, you're going to go to war for him. But the university has a different agenda. And and while everybody is 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 you know we're against the world and mad and, and turning uh, you know trying to canonize uh, Jim Harbaugh uh, playing the victim card on national television, there's a reason they are in this mess. Let's not forget that uh, they're not accused. They're not being falsely accused of something. They're being accused of of cheating. Uh, of of trying to gain not just an unfair advantage is rather tame uh, a ridiculous advantage and and it's just I, I mean I just had to laugh and what, what I laughed at even more some of the people in our industry that were reacting in real time oh this was the moment of the year in college football Matt the floor is yours before I get in trouble which which moment the the crying after the game well, all of it but the like, crying after like, the game and the, 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 the Sharon Moore crying after the game was the, it was one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen like last time I checked Jim Harbaugh is still alive yeah he is still with us and he went back know, with the team right and and Mullen Mullen's like well the kids he's crying about the kids and I looked at coach and I was like what do you, they're not what are they victims of what like what what is what exactly is is Michigan a victim of here? Now, having said that, the way that this has been handled has been pretty clunky. But it's yeah. not like it's just it's just the whole, the whole thing. No one's a victim of anything here. Michigan just steamrolled Penn State. They're gonna win against net win again next week against Maryland, and they're gonna have the Ohio State game. 
This is going to happen regardless. Jim Harbaugh is with the team today. He's going to be with them all week. I, the, the, this, this, this society we've gotten into about everyone being a victim over something. Again, they are being accused of cheating. They're not being like blamed for something they didn't do. The proof is right there. But the crying last night, we were just, we laughed. I mean, I laughed. Call me and said, I laughed. That that was that was funeral crying over a win for a coach that oversaw a program that has been cheating. Yeah, and by the way, uh, the coach participated in the preparation. <laughs> he was he was with the team uh, until they went to the stadium. It's not like this coach was was carried off was uh, was you know was handcuffed and and taken to uh, an underground uh, silo somewhere. It's, he's sitting probably in a four seasons watching the game yeah. and taking notes. Hell, who knows? He could be on earbuds talking to someone on the sidelines. Like it's just, By the way, did, did, do you need a t- $10 to $12 million a year coach to make those type of offensive plays? Call, calls? <laughs> they ran. They didn't throw one pass in the second no. half. Not one. I mean, look, Sharon Moore might be a great guy yeah, and, 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 and great job by him, but like – this, well, I, mean, the, I mean, he just got through beating James Franklin. That's a good moment for him. Yeah, it's more top five, 10 wins than James Franklin has. Like, yeah, it's just, the whole thing was just this whole Michigan thing's been funny. They do yeah. this me, they do this us against everybody t shirt thing, which is great. But then you then you do that after the game. Like, is it you against everybody, or is it like, I don't know. I don't no, know. It, it's very much something that happens in high school. Uh, and they turned it into a movie. Yeah, uh, you know whether it's Footloose or you know Remember the Titans. I mean, it doesn't matter. It's just it's it was it was just bush league the whole way. But then, but then again, that's what we're talking about here with Michigan. Uh, I mean, this is the most uh, uh, obnoxious fan base in America. This is a fan base that literally thinks the world revolves around the University of Michigan football program. It has you know. It, I mean, you can't judge a, a university by those who who tweet about it, but I'm going to, uh, I mean, I'm, I mean, Michigan has what, uh, correct me, Matt, won one and a half national championships in about 70 years. Yeah. And I mean, I, Alabama and Georgia won one while we were talking here. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and they, and they, they looked out at everyone, uh, they, you know, I mean, Michigan's a very fine academic institution. Uh, great. Not as good yeah. as Harvard. Not as good as Yale, not as good as Stanford. I mean, it's just a good, it's a good state school. Big deal. Uh, it, but its football program uh, is is really becoming uh, just comical uh, in, in terms of what uh, <laughs> of what it's trying to represent out there. Look, go win like you're dominant. You're undefeated. You've beaten everyone handily that you've played. Go do that. Just, just go do that. I mean, just it, it, it's I, I, look. You know what? You know what they're not. And here's here's the difference. And and the the pearl clutchers at Michigan aren't going to like this. If you're going to be renegades, then act the part. If you're going to yeah. be if you're going to be the you back. If you guys are going to be renegade, then then think, act the part. I think that's what they want to be. But by the way, I mean, what, what they're also not is Ohio State. <laughs> I mean. I, Ohio State is a much better program overall. It's it's got tremendous tradition. Uh, it it 
it, it stay, I mean, if you're walking down the streets in New York and you get into a college football conversation on most days, not when Jim Harbaugh's page one, Ohio State's part of the the, the front row of college football. Michigan's not. I mean, yeah, if you want to go back 100 years in history or 150 years, but it's it's not that it's just it's just not that big of a deal. Uh, which, and they take themselves so seriously up there, which, by the way, they've won 999 games as a program. Is Sharon Moore going to be the coach on the sidelines when they get win 1000 next week against Maryland? The answer is probably yes. And, and, and I'm, I'm happy for him. I mean, this guy's got a a, a moment uh, that he'll share. I mean, 20 years from now, will be somebody will be interviewing him about that. Good for him. I'm happy, but it's 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 just it's just this whole Michigan mystique that and and if you criticize them, it's very much like politics now, Matt. If you criticize them, they come at you. I mean, they. I mean, you you know all that. I, yeah. I, I, oh, you trust me. I've I've had my moments with Michigan fans. I, yeah, look, I and, and and by the way, that's fine. I I embrace that. I I, I realize that's part of what we do. But 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 I, as somebody who deals with fan bases from you know primarily one school, one conference, but but it, it branches a little bit broader and, and beyond that. I've never come. I've never con- come in contact with with a fan base that that is uh, as as insecure. Uh, uh, and 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 just consumed with with her own self worth uh, in in a false way and 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 really I mean there's no more sniveling fan base in America than Michigan either. And by the way, you're ten and zero. Like you're yeah. ten and zero. Have you're fun. Loaded. Your team's loaded. Enjoy this and just just stop. Go win games. It'll take care of itself. And at the end of the day, if you do make it to the college football player for a third consecutive Can't year. Wait. And you make it to the national championship, good for you. Can't wait for it. But the the, the crying and the yeah, and, and and by the way, we'll, we we'll, we won't get into this. But yeah, I, I at some point there will be a determination uh, by many people whether Tony Petiti made the right decision on Friday. But you talk about us taking shrapnel from Michigan fans. I mean, this guy. I mean, oh. I mean, I, I mean, I've never seen anything uh, like it uh, from from across the uh, from across the country to go after a guy that is the, that's just there. And and, you know, I, I, I applaud Tony Petiti. I thought he made a very courageous decision in the in the eye of a storm. I realize everybody says, well, the mob forced him. No, the mob, he, he, the, the mob didn't make him do anything. Uh, he did it because he had mountains of evidence, which, by the way, was supported by the NCAA. The NCAA, he did had, the NCAA's uh, bidding. If I had to guess, this is just purely speculation when we're on this show next week. If I had to guess, the the restraining order hearing, I believe, is scheduled for the end of next week. Friday, Friday if morning. I, right. And if I had to guess, they will get granted the restraining order. He will coach the rest of the season. And then the Big Ten of Petiti can say, guys, I look, I – I suspended him. I punished him, but then the courts ruled against me. So my hands are tied, but I I did what you said to do. And Michigan will get Harbaugh back for the final couple of games of the regular season, the big 10 championship of the college football playoff. And then he'll ride off into the sunset as the next coach, of the Chicago bears. That's neither here nor there. And and by the way, uh, for all the Michigan fans that are threatening to leave the big 10, bye-bye. 
<laughs> That's a good way to sum it up. Bye-bye from us. What a Sunday it's been here. Sunday, <laughs> November 12th. Today, Jimbo Fisher went down for $70-plus million, and we have a lot more questions and answers now as we can officially say hello to the silly season in college football that is the college football coaching carousel. It never disappoints, and hopefully neither do we. Paul Feinbaum, Matt Berry here on the Matt Berry Show, ESPN College Football YouTube channel.